You're now listening to Stouffville Pentecostal Church Audio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. One year ago, uh, first Sunday of 2019, I look back, keep track of what I do, what what we do in terms of sermons, and how many know what I did last? You don't have a clue. But if I remind you, you might remember, the sermon was called Just a Crumb. Just a crumb. It happened the first Sunday of 2019 where we talked about the Syrophoenician woman who came to the Lord and the Lord said, I'm not, I'm, I've, not, I've, not call, I've not been called to the Gentiles. I'm, I'm working here among the Jews. And she said, yeah, Lord, but all I need is a crumb off your table. It's all I need. That'll solve my deepest problem, my greatest need. And so we talked about just the crumb. Today, I want to talk about starting over. Say that with me, starting over. I know that it's just another day. I know that it's just another, another Sunday, and we can write all that off. But listen, use the new year as a way to reset. I know, I know it's just another day, and you can write it off as that, but it's good sometimes to use, you know, as a new month begins, okay, okay, Lord, this new month, like use those opportunities to reset. And so I want to encourage you today to start over. And I want to share with you a little story from Jeremiah chapter 18, if you put it up for me. It says this, the Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. I did as he told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making didn't turn out as he hoped, so he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. It's a really interesting story. All of us have felt the need at some point in our lives for a fresh start. All of us. A redo, a makeover, a second chance. Have you ever wished that you could go back and start all over again? Just redo something in your life? Like seriously. You know, like you walked into that job interview and the first words out of your mouth, you knew you were an idiot? And you wish you could just walk back out and go, can we just start all over again? You know, ever had that? You know, you're in a conversation with somebody, and as soon as it leaves your mouth, you go, oh, man, I wish I didn't say that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you want to take those words back or, or just make that better choice, you know, like the choices is right there and... And, and you get and something, you know, sparks in your eye and you make this choice and in the back of your mind you're thinking, I probably shouldn't make this choice, but you go ahead and make that choice and then a few days later you regret making that choice. We all need a fresh start from time to time. And there's no better 
time to talk about starting fresh than in a brand new year. 2019 is over. Uh, you know, at, at the very, uh, I, I may even look at it in the next week or in the few weeks, but in Joshua chapter 1, when Moses dies and Joshua is now taking over, and God comes to him and he tells him that it's now your time to lead the people of Israel across into the promised land. And he starts by saying this, and he says, Moses is dead, and now it's your time. And I just felt like God wasn't being rough or mean. He was just being factual, meaning the time of Moses is over, and it's time for you now to rise up. Your day is now. Start now. And and it, it just got me thinking about starting over in this story in Jeremiah I want to share with you today. All of us have had times when we wish we could just have a redo, take those words back, make that better choice. But we, we know it's impossible to go back. We know that it's impossible to change things that we said or something, something foolish that we've done. But I want you to know today, with God, it's possible to start over. With God, it's possible for a redo. It's possible to have a second chance. See, His love and His mercy are so great, He specializes in new beginnings. That's what He does. So God sends Jeremiah down to the potter's shop for an object lesson. And you can follow along. The outline, I believe, is there in your, uh, in your bulletin. But God sends Jeremiah to the potter's shop for this object lesson. And the clay, at first, it doesn't turn out the way that the potter wanted. So he smushes it down and he starts over. And he reworks it to achieve the results that he wanted. And the lesson is so clear that it can't be missed. He says to Jeremiah, listen, I'm the potter. I'm the potter. And you're the clay, right? Look at Isaiah 64, verse 8. It says, and yet, O Lord... You are our father, we are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. So the potter doesn't, th- he doesn't throw out the clay and, 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 and just get a new piece. No, he doesn't throw, away, he doesn't throw it away and, and give up. God doesn't throw us away and give up when we fail him, when we make a mistake, when we do something dumb, guess what he says? He goes, <clears throat> time to start over. You're still on the potter's wheel. It's not, ne- it's not nice sometimes to get smushed and to start all over. Nobody said starting over is easy. It's not supposed to be easy. But it's necessary sometimes. That he takes us through this shaping process, this, this molding process that that only, only then can we reach our highest potential. You see, if he leaves that flaw in you, you'll never become what he wants you to become. He's got to say, no, this isn't going to work. It's not working out right. This, 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 this has to start all over again. And so the smush and then the reshape. Some of you, some of you have felt the smushing of God. I just made that up. But I want you to know, the potter doesn't throw out the clay. He has great hopes for the clay. He starts all over again because he wants to make something beautiful 
out of something that wasn't turning out so good. And so he has this way of shaping us, molding us, so that we can reach our highest potential. Remember what, what uh, God said to Jeremiah, maybe one of the most famous verses in all of Jeremiah. He talked about, remember, Jeremiah, I, I have a plan. I have a purpose. Nothing is going on that's random. I'm actually doing this right. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They're plans to give you a future, plans to give you a hope. This is his plan. And so sometimes when the smushing is going on, it's only because he needs a reboot. You need a reboot. And he's going to shape you into something better. He has a plan. See, the problem is, is that sometimes, in fact, a lot of the times, if we're honest, we, we don't like it and we refuse to cooperate. And th this is the issue, right? If we believe that God alone made us, if we believe that God alone knows us better than we know ourselves, that he knows of who he wants us to be, that his plan is good and his plan is hopeful. He knows the greatest possibility that is contained within me and he wants the best for me. Then why do I fight the process? Hmm? Why? If I believe all of that, then I should walk in, jump on the table and say, go for it. Find in me anything that is offensive and remove it. Find in me anything that is weak and make it strong. Find in me anything that is wrong and make it right. This is the process, right? This is the process. See, if we believe this, then why do we fight the process? See, if you're disappointed, if you're discouraged about how your life is gone, the year that you just had, maybe the decade that you just had, it's a brand new decade. Welcome to the new decade. It is a brand new time, a brand new start, right? If you're disappointed about how things have gone, where you find yourself today, maybe it's time to start over and start listening a little bit better and start doing things his way instead of jumping off the table. That's... That's a bit of a hard truth, but it's still truth. See, Jesus comes into the world not to condemn us, but to save us. His message is one of hope. His message is actually one of a fresh start. His whole message is you can start new. You can, you can be new. You can be transformed. The old is gone. The new has come. It's all new in Jesus, right? He comes. He specializes in new beginnings. Look at 2 Corinthians 5. I know you know the verse, but it's just good to read it, man. Like I said, read the book. Read the book, people. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. And a new life has begun. So God says to Jeremiah, listen, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand. So when your plans and your hopes and your dreams don't turn out the way that you want to, guess what? You can start over. 
Just say it with me. Start over. Start over. You can start over, right? God can remake you. He is a God of the second chance. He does not throw the clay out. He smushes the clay and remakes it into something beautiful. This is what he does. Listen, remember the rhyme Humpty Dumpty? Right, he, he, uh, and he had it, he what, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Wait, all the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. I want you to know I have a message for you today. God can put you back together again when you feel like your life is in pieces. When you need a makeover, when you need a redo, when you need a fresh start, when you need a second chance, He's the God of the second chance. He's the one. Jesus came to give you new life, new purpose, new hope, a new beginning. He came so that we could start over. This is why He came. So, you see in your notes, I I put down... When is it time to start over? When is a good time to start over? The first thing I wrote down there was right here. Right here. And then we'll talk into right now in a second. But, but right here. When's a good time to start over? Right here. Right here. See, the Bible talks about getting right with God right here on earth. Not after we die. Not after we die. Jesus is the way that we can start over right here in our relationship with God. We have all fallen short. We have all missed the mark. We have all failed. We all need a Savior. He's saying, get right, right here, right here with me right now, right? This is the way it is. Isaiah, he's, Isaiah chapter 1, read this verse. says, come now, let's settle this says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. He's saying, make it right. Right here. See, Jesus is the fix to the sin problem. He's the fix. He's the bridge. He's the way back. He is the wall breaker. He is the one that allows us to get back to God, to remove the barriers, to get us... uh, uh, back to where we need to be. That the, what Everything that separates us, everything that separates us from God can be fixed in Jesus. That's why he came. That's why he came. So anyone who belongs to Christ has become this new person and a fresh start has begun. And so one of the beautiful things about salvation is the cleansing and the removing of our sin. It's, it's a beautiful, powerful thing. Do you understand? It, it is something that sets us free. That our condemnation is removed. That our guilt is removed. That the pain of the bad decisions have been removed. And we have been set free. Look at Colossians chapter 2. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature, nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. How? For, because he forgave your sins. And he canceled the record of the charges against us, and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. See, this is why when we gather around the table, as we'll close the service with, this, this is not, this is not a, a time of mourning. It's actually the table of celebration 
for absolute victory has been won, right? So he sets us free. He can set us free, and he says, do it right here. God has plans and will continue to work in us and on us until it's finally finished. Look at Philippians chapter 1. It says, and I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. See, you're being worked on now. I'm being worked on now. We're still on the table. We're still on the potter's wheel. He's still shaping us. He's still refining us. He's still trying to find the impurities and the things that are wrong that need to be out. See, the potter didn't throw away the clay because it didn't turn out right. He started over and worked on it until it became what he wanted it to be. So I just want to remind us, we play a role in becoming or not becoming what the Lord has in mind for us. Did you know that? You, you have a role to play in that. If you stay obedient, if you stay willing, if you stop jumping off the table, he can do his work. You see, part of the, the whole sacrifice thing, you know, the Bible calls us, we, we are living sacrifices, okay? Most of the time, sacrifices were dead, right? So they didn't jump off the table. Our problem is we are living sacrifices, so all of a sudden, when the smushing starts to happen, I bail because I don't like it. And guess what? All of us, all of us would always, always, always choose the easy way rather than the hard way. It's sort of how we're wired, right? Well, but that's painful. Why would I want to do that? But that hurts. Why would I want to do that? that that's uncomfortable. Why would I want to do that? I don't like it, and so I'm not going to do that. This is how we roll, right? This is how we roll, but here's the thing. As a living sacrifice, we have to make the choice to stay on the potter's wheel. You can jump off, and guess what happens when you jump off? The work doesn't get done. The work doesn't get done, and then God gets blamed. How come all this stuff's bad in my life? Get back on the table. Let me fix it. Oh, I'm not getting back on the table. It hurts. Uh-huh. It does. Get back on the table. See, he can do the work. He wants to do the work. The potter wants to take the clay and shape it into something beautiful. And getting better, by the way, or starting over, it's not usually easy. And we need to, we need to stop thinking it is, right? Nothing good comes easy. Nothing. Come on, all you clangers and bangers in the gym. No pain? Come on. No pain? You got to stay on the table. You got to stay on the table. You're a living sacrifice. You're not a dead sacrifice. You've got to stay on the table. You've got to say, do it, Lord, in me. Like David said, come and find in me anything that displeases you and rid me of it. 
Make me a better man. Make me a better woman. Make me a better servant of God. Increase the anointing on my life. Give me the wisdom, the power, the strength, the courage to live out your will, to be a difference maker on this earth. This takes sacrifice on your part. And there's some pain to do that and to get there. But you've got to stay on the table. And the longer you stay on the table the more beautiful you become. Choose to stay on the table and let him do the work. Don't run away. Don't run away. See, we, here's the other thing. We have this bad habit. So this is now God working on us and we're, okay, Lord, I'm not going not gonna, to not gonna get off the table. I want you to do in me what you want. And here's the next thing that we do. We have this bad habit of wishing we could be like other people, right? Or have the abilities of other people. I was watching some of the, uh, the junior game, you know, the Canada versus, uh, I guess it was Finland yesterday, and they crushed them. You know, there's like 18, 19, 20-year-olds, whatever they are on that team. They're, they are like amazingly good. And I was thinking, man, Wish I could play hockey like that. But I'm 50. I'm slow and fat and I can't play like that. You know, but I'm like, it just, it just reminded me again of each of us, each of us have these God-given, see, people call it, we have these natural abilities, right? Like why is somebody naturally more gifted in sports or naturally more gifted in art or naturally more gifted in music or whatever it is, right? Some people just take certain things and other people have to work so hard at it, right? I don't believe, I, I think that it's not natural. I actually believe it's supernatural. I believe that the abilities have been given to us by God, that we're clay and he's the potter and he's shaped us just the way that he wants us to be. And so when he's shaping you, to be that better man or better woman, better person, right? You, you can't always look at somebody else and say, I wish I had their abilities because mine aren't good enough. I wish I was able to do that like them because they do that so well. You know, that's not your place. Do you understand? It's not your place. See, it's wrong. Just say it. It's wrong. It's just, it's wrong, Okay. And I want to show you why it's wrong. It's not just, oh, you know, it's just a sort of a quaint little thing. Oh, I wish, you know, I was as smart as Pastor Jordan. Or, oh, I wish I, you know, I was as pretty as Pastor Jeff. Or, you know, uh, it, <laughs> you know, like, it, it's, it's what we do is we do a disservice to ourselves. We do a disservice to the potter who has shaped us. Every ability you have has been given to you by the Creator. He didn't give you my abilities because you're supposed to be you and I'm supposed to be me. And that's the way it is. You shouldn't want what I have and I don't need to want what you have, right? In terms of abilities. Of course we can get better. But there's this, there's this envy and this longing for us to be like other people and it does us no good. It does us no good at all. I want, you to, I want you to be reminded today, God is the potter. You are the clay. 
And he has shaped you and is continuing to shape you if you would stay on the wheel. He will continue to shape you into the person that he wants you to become. And you've got a long way to go yet. Join the club. Me too. So stay on the wheel. Look at these verses. Isaiah chapter 29. How foolish can you be? He is the potter. And he is certainly greater than you, the clay. Should the created thing say of the one who made it, he didn't make me. Does a jar ever say the potter who made me is stupid? Go to the next one. Isaiah 45, 9. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy are you? Look at Romans. No, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? This is wrong. Say it again. It's wrong of us to think like this. It does us more harm than good. He loves you deeply. He made you and knitted you together in your mother's womb. He has a plan for you from the moment before you were born. He has a plan in place for you. A plan to do good, a plan to prosper you, a plan to bless you, a plan to use you, a plan to empower you, a plan to anoint you, a plan to enrich your life. His plan is the plan that you want to find. And when you keep wanting my plan or I keep wanting your plan, we do all of ourselves a disservice. He has a plan for me. And the skills and abilities and giftings that he gave me are the ones that he wanted for me. And yours are the ones he wanted for you. So hone them. Make them better. Keep working on it. But don't want mine, and I don't want yours. And it's wrong. And it hurts us. And it's not just a silly little immature thing or a simple thing. It's, it's, a, it's a dreadful thing. See it as that. You are who you are, not by accident. You have been designed by the master potter. You are the way you are. Right? Come on. You are the way you are, and you have the abilities you have by design. It's not a mistake. He loves you more than, you, than we love ourselves sometimes. And we see ourselves as so incompetent and so needy and, and, and so falling short all the time. And all he sees in us is, right? You are a promise. You are a possibility. Come on. You are a promise with a capital P, right? This is how he looks at us. You're a great big bundle of potentiality. It's an old Sunday school song. Go to Sunday school. It's important. Listen. It's true. You know it's true. Who are you to argue with the Creator. You are who you are for a reason. And I made my point. But listen, it's your job. It's your job. It's your responsibility to be a passionate Christ follower, to let the Holy Spirit lead you, 
Let him change you. Let him use you in the exact ways that God intends. Stay on the wheel and he will hone you to become a powerful person in the spirit. He will hone you to use all of your gifts exactly the way you are in exactly the way he wants it to be done. But it's your choice. It's your choice to see how far that process will go. Second Timothy, look at this verse. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are used for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Just keep that up there for a second. So God wants to use you in special ways. You're capable of so much more. Would you just say this? I am capable of more. Say it again. Come on. Say it like you believe it. You are capable of more. Right? We constantly are selling ourselves short. Right? He says in a, in a wealthy home, there's expensive utensils and the cheaper utensils. He says the special ones... The, the, the expensive utensils are used for special things, and the everyday ones are used for everyday things. And it, it's, it's not an insult. All he's saying is this. Listen, it's your choice again. If you stay on the table, guess what happens? God changes you. You become a special utensil who can be used for deeper, greater, special things. Right? You, you, it's not that we're superstars. He has designed you and you and wants to use you in just the way that he wants. But he wants to use you. Here's the point. He wants to use you in special ways. Me? Just me? I'm a nobody. I have no... You're selling yourself short. No, you're a child of God. You have been given supernatural abilities that have been planted and woven into your core when you were in your mother's womb. He's made you just the way he wanted. Right? He wants to use you in special ways. Child of God, you have the ability to make a greater impact for the kingdom of God. If you would keep yourself clean, if you would stay on the wheel, make yourself ready, and let him use you for something special. See, the, the question is not, can the Lord use you? The question really is, how big is your want to? That's the ultimate question, right? So we don't just hang around and wait for heaven. We start over right here on earth and experience the life that God desires to give us. And if you've never had a personal relationship with God, you can have one starting today. Start over right now, right here, right today. If you're a believer and you felt like you've fallen, you've fallen away, you've You've jumped off the wheel. You've taken a left turn. Always remember this. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven by the one who matters most. Even if somebody else doesn't forgive you, the one who matters most has. You're forgiven. And it's time for you to forgive yourself. 
and start all over again and move on. Pick up. Let go of the pain of the past. Let go of the broken relationships. Let go of the mistakes. Listen, we don't let go of the lessons we've learned from those mistakes. They're valuable. What we let go of uh, is the pain. What we let go of is the guilt. What we let go of is the condemnation. That I made a mistake. I blew it. I'm not going to do that again, but I know that I'm a child of God. He's for me. He is with me. He has forgiven me. And it's time for me to rise up, get on with it, and move on. Start over. Start over. Start clean. Start fresh. Here I am, Lord, ready to use me. Right? We wallow in it too long. We wallow in it too long. Well, yeah, but I made a mistake. You don't know the skeletons that are in my closet. You don't know all the bad things I've done. And I always say to people, I don't have to. He already knows and he's already forgiven you. It's time for you to rise up, forgive yourself, and to move on. Right? Right here, he wants you to, to get it right. Right? Forgive yourself and start over. The clay is smushed, not thrown out. The clay is smushed, and he starts over. This is what he does. God is ready to give you a makeover. All the makeovers that we see on TV, they're nothing like the makeover that God can give us on the inside. Okay. This is good, by the way. Just saying. I mean, this... I'm not saying I'm good. I'm saying that's good stuff. Yeah, right. Okay, that's, that's right here. Now we've got to move on to right now, and I'll be quick with this one. But when is it a good time to start over? Right here and right now. Right now is, is see, I think a lot of us know at, there's times in our life when we know, absolutely know, that we need a fresh start. We know something needs to be changed. We know that action needs to be taken. We know that it needs to be done, and we put it off. The classic, you know, I'm going to do that someday. The classic. How many times have you said that? I was thinking this week, how many times have I said, I'm going to do that someday, and then never got it done? You know, I'm going to do that someday. When, when, when will someday be someday? See, remember, I just wanted to remind you of this. All of us at times know we need this fresh start and we put it off. And I want you to think about this in terms of potter, uh, the potter's wheel. The longer a piece of clay stays off the potter's wheel, the harder it gets. Mm Mm-hmm. The harder it gets. And the harder it's going to be to change it. The more work is going to be needed to get it right the harder it gets. So listen, if you know right now, right here and right now, that something needs to be changed, that you need a fresh start in a fresh way, something, some, some portion of your life, uh, financial, relational, spiritual, physical, whatever it is, whatever that thing is, I want you to know the longer you put it off, the harder it's going to be to change. Okay? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It says, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right 
time I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, he says, the right time is when? Today is the day of salvation. He's saying, get on with it. Now, don't take the gift and throw it away. Don't take his kindness and let it sit on the shelf. He is here, right here, right now, ready to give you the makeover of your life. Right here, right now, ready to start over. Right here, right now, do it before you get too hard and you never get back on the potter's wheel. Someday should be this day. Today. Now is the time. Now is the time. The right time is now. Right? Right? Thank you, Lord. See, he wants us to come to him. He wants us to come to him now. We have this thought that I got to get things right. You know, I got to I got to tidy myself up. I got to I got to deal with some of my baggage before I come and do this stuff right with God and before I, you know, get this thing right and and God says, "No, no, listen. You've got it all wrong. You've got it all wrong." He wants us to come to him right here, right now in all of our mess so that he can begin the process of starting over and rebuilding and reshaping our life and do it together with his help and with his power, with his encouragement, with his blessing and with his strength. Why try to fix it on your own? The world even knows that you can't solve things on your own. Alcoholics need support. Drug addicts need support. People need support. We all need support, right? Even the weight loss guy says, if you could do it alone, you've already done it yourself. You know, whatever that thing is, right? Everybody knows we need it, right? Now is the time. Right now is always the right time. When you say, well, I'm not sure. No, here it is. Right now is always the right time. Right now is always the right time. When should I fix that? Right now. Well, I don't know. I haven't been led by the Spirit. Yes, you have. You have, right this morning. Hear the words of the Holy Spirit that are coming out of my mouth. Right now is always the right time. Right now. Right now is always the right time. Someday is this day. Right now is the time to start. So, when is it a good time to start over? Right here and right now. Now, let me just give you a couple examples and then we'll wrap up quick. The Bible is full of people, men and women, who got second chances, third chances, fourth chance. I'm just saying second chances. Just, uh, you know, people who got another chance after a bad mistake. It's, it's filled with it. Let me just touch on a few. Remember Jonah? Uh, and then we'll move on to the, uh, uh, here's one from the Old Testament, and I'll give you one or a couple from the New Testament. Jonah, uh, he, God, God tells him, he's a prophet in the Old Testament, God tells him, I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to preach to the people because they're lost, and I want to save them. I don't want them to be destroyed, I want them to be saved, and you're the man to go do it. I want you to take the word to Nineveh and go 
preach. I want to save them. And guess what happened? Well, you know what happened. Jonah hates, that's a strong word, but this is true. Jonah hates the people of Nineveh. He can't stand them. He doesn't want them to be saved. He wants them to die. He wants God to rain down uh, you know, judgment and fire on them. He wants them. He wants them to be lost, right? And so he says, no, I don't think so. Nineveh is right. I think I'll go left. Hops on a boat, goes the other way. And as Paul uh, Harvey says, and here's the rest of the story, or you know the rest of the story, right? God gives him a second chance. And he did what he should have done the first time. He goes to Nineveh, does what he's told, even though he doesn't like it. And a massive revival breaks out. Could you imagine a preacher going to a town, the whole, the whole freaking town gets saved, and he's not happy about it. Brain damage, man. That's, that's crazy dude. He gets a second chance, and he did what he should have done the first time. Peter. Peter is one of Jesus' closest disciples. He's in the inner three. He promised Jesus that he would stand with him no matter what. No matter what persecution may come, no matter what challenge may come, no matter what difficulty may come, I want you to know, Jesus, I'm your man. I'll never go. That didn't last too long. He ran away when Jesus was arrested. He was afraid. You know the story. He even denied knowing who Jesus was three times. He said, I don't know the man. Are you sure? You look like that guy. I swear I don't know the man, he says. Right? He, he, he's like taking these like weird oaths saying that I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. Right? When he realizes what he had done, Peter, the Bible says he began to weep and to weep bitterly. I always wonder when the Bible makes, when I always wonder when it says somebody wept and then when, when it says somebody wept bitterly. I think they're trying to communicate something. He wasn't just weeping. He was weeping, ugly. It was those ugly tears. It was that ugly condemnation, guilt. Could you imagine how ugly he felt on the inside after doing what he'd done? Think about it. He wept bitterly. He was broken and absolutely crushed. All of his, all of his core beliefs, he, 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 he turned his back on. His friend, who he knew to be the savior of the world, he ran away from and denied even knowing who he was. Could you imagine the guilt he was feeling? He makes this huge mistake. And yet, Jesus restores him. He says, you know the story. He says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Oh, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter, do you really love me? Yes. Yes, I do. Then let's start over. 
Let's start over. Let's forget this happened. Let's start over. Go feed my sheep and be the rock that I've called you to be. Get back on the wheel and let the Holy Spirit shape you into the man that you should be. Your weaknesses will be strengthened. Your courage will be heightened. Your determination will rise. Let's just start over. Peter never looked back. He never looked back. There was a Pharisee by the name of Saul. And he hated people who believed in Jesus. He thought they were traitors and scum. And he was persecuting them, throwing them into jail, and killing as many as he possibly could. The vileness that was in this man was deep, deep. One day, he was walking down the road on his way to Damascus to persecute and to kill more Christians. <laughs> Come on, you know the story. And who does he meet? He meets Jesus. And Jesus says, what are you doing? This is wrong. It's time for you to start over. Stop this. Let's start fresh. The day he meets Jesus, he realizes that he's making a terrible mistake. His life is completely transformed. His, his start is, is, in, is like he just completely starts over, which also included a new name. Isn't that neat? Saul's new start is over. Saul and his Saul's ways are dead. Now my name is Paul, and I'm an on-fire, committed, Holy Ghost believer who's never going to turn my back on Jesus ever again. He started over. Ah, there's so many. But listen, God is in the transformation business. That's what he does. That's what he does. And he's very good at it. He sees in us the potential to be vessels of honor, to be, to be the utensils who can be used for special purposes. Right? He doesn't need a superstar. He doesn't, he doesn't need somebody. All he needs is somebody who will say, I'm in. And I'll stay on the wheel and I'll let you work in me what needs to be worked in me. And I'll let you remove from me what needs to be removed from me. And I will stay. A living sacrifice, I choose to stay. He simply says, give me your life. With all the pain, with all the mistakes, with all the, your regrets, with all your failures, just give me your life and let's start over together. He says, give me a murderer like Moses and I'll turn him into a liberator. 
Give me a dreamer like Joseph and I will turn him into a commander of a mighty nation. Give me a shepherd boy like David and I will turn him into a king. Give me a prostitute like Mary Magdalene and I will turn her into a powerful woman of God. All God needs is a piece of clay that's ready to be shaped and changed. You are not a lost cause. It is not too late. He has done it time after time with person after person. You can be used for something special this year. It can be you. And it's time to get the makeover and to start becoming the person that you can be in Christ. And somebody said amen. Amen. That is who we are and who we can be. Thanks for listening to Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.